Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. This is episode number 20, and I am joined by Miss Chantal Ross, all the way in Trinidad. And Chantal, Hello. Is, <laughs> and Chantal is the founder of the Firecracker Company. Hello, Chantal. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Good. And we're so thankful to have you here with us, speaking to us today about your, um, your entrepreneurial journey and more importantly on the process of becoming and mastering oneself, which is a very interesting topic. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to share um, with you. Fantastic. And with our audience. I, I know our audience yes, is going to be pretty, uh, pretty excited to hear what you have to say. So Chantal, tell us about you. I mean, we've got, we've got you featured on our Caribbean platform at the moment, and you've shared a bit about your story and your journey and just how you got into, into the work that you're doing. But this is, this, is, this is more for our global audience. So why don't you tell us a bit of your entrepreneurial journey, how you started and, and how you ended up where you are now? Um, well, I will say it's a very funny story. It is most definitely God's plan that I ended up where I am. Um, my original background when I started out studying was basically to do business. I knew I wanted to be in the world of business, but how I grew up, it was more about, you know, getting that education and getting into someone's company and working and you know making that money but always in the back of my mind i knew i wanted to run my own business however you know being a past national athlete uh, having a dad that was a physical education teacher i kind of wanted to deviate away from sport because that's what everyone knew me for and i was like you know, I don't want to do this. There are other things I can do. There are other talents that I have. And I kind of wanted to showcase that in business. Um, somehow, <laughs> life kept bringing me back to sport, bringing me back to sport. And then when I became pregnant with my son, um, and there was no fitness program for pregnant women in my neighborhood, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something with sport. And mm. as I began into that whole fitness realm, things just started to happen for me. You of know, course. we started the classes, then it kind of spiraled into other women just wanting to work out in a space with, you know, women only. Um, and then that spiraled into us running the 5K and then everybody saying, listen, let's have a separate running group as well. And then the men chimed in and they mm -hmm. were like, you know, want to be a part of this movement too. How can we get involved? And they were interested in the running and then the running group came on board. So it, it, it just happened for me naturally with the whole fitness realm. As much as I tried to run from it, Apparently, God was saying, no, Chantal, this is where you need to be. This is where I want you to be. I have other plans for you because now we're gearing up to introduce the road running to the youth in our community um, with the hopes of helping them get road running and cross country, you know, scholarships. 
so I'm definitely <laughs> I am definitely on the fitness path. I can't run from it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's oh, you know, I smiled when you said I had my baby and everything started from there because so many, I interview a lot of women and I've been doing this work with women for a bit over, not like entrepreneur women for over two and a half years now. And I always say the same thing in every interview. I know it sounds like a broken record, but it always starts with something, you know, I got fired from my job. I got divorced. Um, you know, my husband was cheating on me and I had to leave or I was pregnant or it's, and for you, it's, you had this, you had your son you said and then you realize there weren't any um fitness programs for pregnant women now for those of us i don't have any kids yet i'm quite um, i'm quite athletic and fitness oriented but tell me very quickly what what does a fitness program for pregnant women look like i mean i'm familiar with you know yoga from for, for pregnant women but I'll, i'm very ignorant about what would a, a fitness program for a pregnant woman look like i guess it just depends on how much that woman can can and cannot do because i've seen some pregnant women run right. half marathons you know but what does right. that look like well it's basically the same in that you know i do a lot of strength training work with them um i also do a lot of stretching with them, that sort of thing. But what happens when a woman becomes pregnant, um, people tend to say hands off, mm -hmm. right? So there were no classes for women <laughs> like myself who were already engaged in fitness before becoming, you know, before coming pregnant. So, yeah. you know, people tend, there was nothing for us. You know, you I wanted to- scared? Do you think people get scared? Yeah, and I wanted to stay on the fitness path. And I was like, well, this can't be right, you know, because all the books tell you to stay, you know, exercising and that sort of stuff throughout your pregnancy. Absolutely. So why is everyone so hands off yeah. if, if we're supposed to stay exercising? And I was like, no, something has to be done about this. Yeah. Um, so that was where it kind of began for me with that. I think people are very sensitive about pregnancy. It's because they know it depends on the woman. Like some women are pregnant and right. they become even more physically fit than before. And then there's some women who are, are bedridden throughout the whole pregnancy. And I think people yeah. are so nervous, they get scared. So they don't want to have the liability of, oh God, something happens. And, but I think that's changed so much now because most right. fitness centers, most female athletic centers offer so much variety now for not just pregnant women, but young, you know, moms, women with young babies. Right. You, can, you can go to swimming class with your baby and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's changed a lot, at least from our parents' generation. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing about it too, with our classes is that we would liaise with your doctor because you, we have to have an assessment from your doctor before you can begin. And right. it also speaks the skill set of your trainer i right. mean we take classes with regards to dealing with women for this specific case pre and postnatal care right so you know, we're, we're versed with regards to this topic you know what types of exercises you can do you can't do you know depending on the stage you're at in your pregnancy you know right. those things are important it, it's not good enough just to say well i'm a trainer and i can train anyone no mm. you have actually go and get that specific training sure. to be able to deliver the classes to you know these women of course you know, that's important 
And you said, you said everything spiraled. So this, this is what you were meant to do. You said everything spiraled. All these doors started opening one by one. Then you started working with all of these women. And then you said something very interesting. You said, then the men decided they wanted to get it. They wanted to get involved. <laughs> so why, why is it the men decided to get involved? I think sometimes guys get jealous, you know, when they see us doing our thing and it's really good. And they're like, well, when we can't have that too. <laughs> yes. I think when people heard Women Only Studio, they thought it was going to be some easy, goody, you know, class filled with in a pink room. Of course. You know, something this, very silly. These dating until, stereotypes, you know? Yeah. Until they saw us run the 5K and they realized, wait, these women are actually running fast times. Of course. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, not, they're not playing. And then when some of the guys actually spoke to the women, they realized, wait, their training sessions are kind of like ours. They're, they're brutal, right. you know? Right. <laughs> and then we invited them to a couple of training sessions. Um, not just the running aspect of it, but the strength training aspect of it. Mm. <laughs> and the day after the workouts, they realized, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so just like if I did, quote unquote, a man's workout. And quote they were unquote, like, no, 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 no. They were like, yeah, they were like, I, I need to get in on this because y'all are doing something here and it's working for y'all and I want to know if it's going to work for me. And right. that's how but, they decided to get involved. But there is a difference. I mean, male and female's bodies are designed differently. That's a fact. We know that, yes. right? So yes. there's, there's some women who can do a quote-unquote male fitness regime with ease, and there's some women who just can't. Because, again, yes. you know, that's as true. women, we are not built to have the, the kind of our muscles aren't built. We're just not built like guys, you know. We're, yeah. we're built because we can have babies, you know. So our whole body is geared towards this, okay, we're going to have a child. We've got more fat, all that kind of stuff. So how do you then, so it sounds like, are the men involved now? Or, or do you still have women only? Um, oh, my my fitness studio is women only, okay. but the road running is unisex. Got right? it. Just the road running. Got it. Got it. Yeah, just the road running. So I have guys involved in it. And although, yes, a woman's body is different from a guy and she cannot do everything um, necessarily that a guy can do, mm -hmm. her body is still built to withstand. Yes. And there are things that she can do that, mm -hmm. and that seems to get neglected in sure. the message we keep saying well she's not a man so she can't do anything right which right. is wrong right there are things that you can do that you know the men struggle with just oh, as yeah. well of course so, of course you know there's some women out so, there who, who are so strong they intimidate everybody men and women <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly yeah and i think that was an important part of the narrative that mm -hmm. need to be shared Mm. And it's starting to come out in the women's studio that, you know, the, these women can actually do stuff, you know, they, they're, they're pretty badass, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that was important to showcase. And there's a sisterhood that comes from being in that woman-only space because we also tend to share the narrative that 
too many women in a space get catty and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, and we we know that. We know. We know. We've heard. We've all heard that. We've all heard. <laughs> yeah, that. But, but in our space, you know, the women tend to feed off of the energy of the other woman and push themselves. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think you know we're we're changing the narrative in in different ways. Even though we started just for fitness purposes. Sure. Right? Sure. You know what? I, I started doing duathlons when I moved to London. So I did like my first duathlon, I think in goodness, I think it was like 20, 2010 or something. And I was very ignorant about um, races and running because growing up, I was not athletic at all. Okay, <laughs> I was a dancer. My thing was dance. So I was always, you know, you know, the dancer, you're quite light on your feet and you're gentle and you're doing all these things. And I was never into sports. And then all of a sudden I became an adult and I was like, you know what, I should do some running or something. And I enjoyed running. So I did my first duathlon about uh, a couple of years ago, like back in 2010. And I, I was so ignorant. I didn't know that there was a male and a female race. And I just said, well, why, why are we divided? And I, I, I had no idea. I looked around me and I, and I just realized it's all women. And when I registered online, they were like women's only. And that's when it hit me, you know. Well, obviously, I know our bodies are different. But I didn't realize there were still races, like road races, running races where men and women ran in completely separate categories. And then I was, I had a moment, it hit me, I was like, well, duh, that makes sense. In the Olympics, you never see men and women competing against each other. In, in, national, in national championships, you always see the men and the women segregated, you know? So obviously there is, there is some difference in, in the training or somebody thinks we need to be separated. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've never, when I, and I've always done these races and the only races I've ever done where I've seen the men and women run together are like, you know, the 10Ks and the half marathons and whatnot. Right. But, um, I don't know why, but with duathlons, the men and women, uh, the ones I've done, the men and women were always separated. I don't know if, if that's just that particular. Well, I, I think in most races, yes, they are still separated because, you know, we believe there are certain advantages that a man would have over a woman. So sure. we let the men compete together and we let the women compete together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm completely fine with that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my issue wasn't necessarily with that. It was just with the fact that people thought women couldn't do it. Right. Right. And now they're seeing, yes, they, they can do it. And there is a category for us and there is inclusion for us. Really? That was, that is my, you know, spiel, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, to right. make sure that, you know, Definitely. we're including. Definitely. Right. Absolutely. And why, do, why is it important? Why do you believe it is important for women to have these unique spaces, whether it's women-only gyms or women-only fitness center? Why, why do you think that's important? Um... Because there's some who will argue, mm, well, why are we separating the women and the men? There's some women who will say, well, mm, that's ridiculous. And then on the other hand, you know, in some countries, like I was reading um, some country in sub-Saharan Africa, I think it might be Kenya or Uganda, and in certain parts of India as well, they have women-only facilities, but that's for safety issues. Um, right. Because women just don't. There's, there's been some issues where the women just feel physically threatened and all this other kind of stuff. There's also religious issues where the genders are separated. So there's a variety of issues as to why women and men would be separated. But outside of that, why do you think it's important for women to be able to work out or be in a gym with just other women? 
I think it's a comfort issue. Mm. I think it's a self-esteem issue. Sure. Um, a lot of the women that come to me, um, they don't feel comfortable working around the grunting men. They're intimidated by gyms to begin with. Oh, yeah. I'm um, one of those. I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm not intimidated by the gym, but I, it's not right. an intimidation factor for me, but I just don't like them. I don't like the energy of gyms. I feel like gyms are filled right. with a lot of testosterone. Like, I go into right. a gym, and it's like a lot of, like, you know, they look good. They're nice to look at, but it's a lot of big men, and they're working out, and they're sweating, and... I personally don't feel comfortable in that environment. I feel, and I also feel like all eyes are on you. You walk in and it's like, yes, I mean, maybe exactly. that's just my insecurity and, and Hey, I'm okay with that. But I've, no. never felt, I've never felt comfortable in like a big gym like that. And, um, you know, guys, guys get together and they're lifting these big weights and they're doing their thing. And you're just kind of sitting there like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, and I, your response is exactly what most women feel like. Even yeah. the ones that are comfortable going to the gym, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to deal with these grunted men mm -hmm. um, and that sort of stuff. But for women that are not comfortable going to the gym, meaning like it's my first time entering the gym, mm -hmm. maybe I'm starting out as an obese client oh, you God, know, yeah. and every, all eyes are going to be on me. Absolutely. Sometimes you have trainers that don't want to work with them. Oh, God, you know, yeah. they want for the girls that only want to lose 10 pounds not the girl that has to lose 100 and there's some gyms, and there's some gyms where everybody looks so good like yeah unquote good where you walk in there and you're like well mm, i don't think this is for me because i have a big belly and i got some big hips and you know i don't look like everybody else here so you don't feel like you're a part of it and that alone shuts you down and you don't want to go back exactly yeah. So it's like you, you decided, you made up your mind that you're going to start this fitness process. And then from the time you get to the door, you know, you mentally change. Something happens and you're no longer interested because you're intimidated. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel uncomfortable and then you're all off track. And then you go back home depressed and, you know, we're back to stage one where, mm -hmm. you know, we're just putting on the weight, that sort of stuff. Exactly. So that's where my studio comes in. You know, sure. it's more intimate setting. It's more personal training. So you're definitely getting the attention that you want. Yeah. Then there's the sisterhood, you know, the, the other women that are pushing you and can share stories with you. Some of these stories are similar, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's why you need that woman space, you right. know. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the unisex setting of the grunting men and the testosterone and the fear and all that comes with it and you know? yes and sometimes the men will hit on you and you know it's all good but you don't really want that you just want to do your workout <laughs> yeah you, you know that. <laughs> yeah and also if you, you know most women suffer from body just body image issues you know there's so much pressure on women to look a certain way yeah. and you know with all the self-esteem issues you have to deal with you go into a gym and Sometimes that shuts your self-esteem down to the absolute lowest level. And like you said, yeah. you, just, you don't want to go back. So it's... Um, because yeah. it's, a, it's a woman only space. And like I said, we can share stories. So, mm. you know, I have the women come in. They talk about the muffin top. They talk about the cellulite. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Of course. Yeah. Things like what the right sports brought away. You know, yeah. I mean, people talk about their kids. You know, what school are you sending your kid to? The conversation yeah. changes. People become 
friends, like yeah. genuine friends through, you know, the conversation and shared experiences. And I think that's important to have. A lot mm. of these women, especially working women, you know, mm -hmm. we're just going to see about the kids, see about the husband, mm -hmm. and you lose yourself in the process. And it's yeah. nice to have that time right. where, you know, somebody's actually focused on you. Sure. Or, you know, you can just hear stories and sit back, you know. So, yes, it's, it's a fitness studio, but it's also a, you know, a support system. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I've spoken to a lot of men. Yeah. I, and I would agree with you as well. And I'm really happy that you explained that so well, so that um, there are people out there who may want a different perspective on that and have not actually thought of it in that way. I've actually been approached right. by guys, some men in the past who said to me, you know, we want to attract women to our organization or our group, but no matter what we do, it doesn't work. And I always say to them, you can't sell market to men this, and women in the same way. Because women, yeah. one thing that we like is, you know, we're talkers, we communicate, and we like to share. Women love to share. And we want to have this deep connection. We want to have this bond. And if we don't feel like we can do that in a space, it's just not going to happen for us. <laughs> right. You know? It's, it's not. And I think um, that's what makes these female spaces so unique. Because like you so eloquently said, it's an opportunity to share. And women need to share their stories because women love to be inspired and we want to know, well, she's got the same muffin top like me, but she's quite happy. So why is she so happy? Why can't I be happy? And then you start talking, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like it's something as simple yeah. as that. And then you realize, oh, well, you know, we're all kind of suffering from the same thing, but in different ways. So I think it's, um, that's probably, that's another reason why it's, it's important to have these spaces too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, so, I mean, go ahead. No. No, I was just going to ask you very quickly, is our female, just out of curiosity, are these female-only athletic spaces, is it a thing in Trinidad, or was yours like a, a, a new concept, or, is, or are there quite a few of them around? I think it's a growing concept. I know that um, in Port of Spain, there was one or, um, before I started, but I live in Arima, which is on the east side of Trinidad, as opposed to Port of Spain, the west side. Right. Um, and there was nothing in my area. I think um, till this date, I am still the only one oh, in wow. my area. It hasn't quite caught on because um, culturally, yes, men tend to exercise a lot more than women. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of business places you know they're focused on the hustling and, and making that quick dollar mm -hmm. um i think i'm more geared towards you know providing what the community actually needs and doing it in a um a quality way i'm more focused on the quality of the community what mm -hmm. what is being offered to them right. so i'm not about the, the hustle make the quick dollar i'm like mm -hmm. what do you need and i and you know, it has worked for me. Mm. Um, I don't know what other businesses, you know, are trying to do, achieve long term. Um, but I'm more focused on building community. So I'm going to do what needs to be done with regards to that. If I can expand outside of Arima, I would eventually try and do that. But for now, I really just want to grow and make this thing as perfect as I can get it. Of um, in the East community. 
Yeah. And, and how are the women in your community responding to it? Obviously good, it sounds like. <laughs> it, was, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I'm, I, I actually need a bigger studio <laughs> wow. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think the response was going to be as good as, mm. as I initially got, but I'm pleased um, with the response that I'm having. Sure. So I'm just trying to see now how I can accommodate, you know, the, the demand, so to speak. Sure, sure. But I've had well, a really response from it. You know, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> In business, yeah. when, you, when you've got lots of demand, that's actually a very good problem. So congratulations um, for that. I, what I wanted to Thank do is, is talk about um, what you wanted to talk about a bit more, which is mastering yeah. oneself. So what is that about? What does it mean to master oneself? And have you done that? And how do the rest of us go about doing that? Because I'd like to learn to master myself too, to be honest. Um, <laughs> if, if there's such well, a thing. <laughs> I would not compete completely say that I have mastered, you know, myself. Sure. Right. I think the process of becoming speaks to self-awareness. Definitely. We, definitely. There are times when we need to pause and see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Mm. And the things that we're doing wrong, we need to see how can we do better? What mm. needs to change? Mm -hmm. Um, Every time we set new goals for ourselves to achieve, we have to change to mm -hmm. achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. And it's an uncomfortable change because it's unfamiliar and we're not sure it's going to work. And it requires us to break some of our bad habits. And that is the process of becoming. So we're going to talk about it in the context of fitness. Mm. I have clients that come to me, yes, they want to lose the 40 pounds, they want to lose whatever. And I mean, you can go online, you can find a meal guide, you know, there are things that talk to, you know, eating and exercising for your blood type, eating and exercising for your blood type, etc. Yet we still have an obesity, you know, epidemic taking place. Mm -hmm. Why is it people can't achieve the goals? if? you know, all this information is easily accessible to you. It's mm -hmm. because you have to actually change, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's the uncomfortable process of becoming because now you have to eat healthier meals. You may have to prepare them yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to show up to the gym and exercise, you know, whether it be 30 minutes every day or whether it be three times a week for one hour, you have to make the commitment. You know, sure. you have to get disciplined. Sure. And <laughs> that's where we talk about that, that process of becoming. How do we change? It's a very hard change for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. When we learn to master ourselves, that's when we actually see the change taking place. Or once we decide to commit to the process, of becoming and the process of that change, we begin to see the results that we want. You know, and, and fitness and food and emotions <laughs> are so big for women because I mean, like when I told you I, I started doing duathlons, when I say to people that it's changed my life, I mean, the fact that I could, 
I, you know, you surprise yourself. You can actually train and you can accomplish this thing. You feel like you can, as cliched as it sounds, you feel like you can conquer the world after you've done a race, like all the adrenaline <laughs> and everything. You're just like, yes, I've done it, you know, and you, but then you realize, wait a minute, I had to give up certain things and I had to stop doing certain things. And then you kind of um, apply that to other parts of your life. Well, if I want to achieve this, how am I going to do this? And I know in particular with food, um, food is very emotional for women. You know, we, right. we eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're stressed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the thing about it is how, how do we overcome those bad habits? Like first you have to be self-aware to realize, oh my gosh, I'm an emotional eater. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say, yeah, there are other women that are emotional eaters, mm. but we're never honest with ourselves. You know, oh, yeah. first you have to get on yourself and be like, what are my issues? Yeah. And then when you recognize what are your issues to say, well, how do I go about fixing it? What are the steps that I need to take? I'm not going to fix it in one day. No. Right? You have yeah. to figure out what are the steps that I need to take. And then when you figure out those steps, you now have to actually take the steps and commit to taking the steps yeah. you see a lot of the times we know what we're supposed to do we're just mm-hmm. not doing it <laughs> absolutely and also finding out what are the triggers i think trigger it triggering yeah. is important trigger, like, yeah, yeah like what 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 exactly happens that i get this way and then i decide i need to drink a cup of coffee or then i decide i need to have that piece of cake because a lot of us are addicted to coffee as well and we don't realize that coffee i think is a part of that emotional thing too you know when you say some people say like i've recently stopped drinking coffee and i used to be a coffee addict i would say sometimes eight to ten cups a day which the fact that I can say that now, it sounds so bad, but there, <laughs> there are people out there that drink so much cups of coffee a day. And I don't think they realize that even drinking something as simple as a cup of coffee is quite emotional. When you get stressed, oh my God, I need this coffee. You know, it's, it's right. the same as I need to have that piece of cake or I'm sad, I'm going to go have a big bowl of ice cream or whatever it is. There's usually some kind of trigger behind, behind it that creates this need to have whatever it is that you need to have. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, the self-awareness, you need to identify your weaknesses. You need to identify your triggers and then you need to put a plan in place to combat these triggers. You see, it's not just good enough to say, okay, well, I know what my issues are Mm -hmm. and stop, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, what's the plan now? Where, where do we go from here? And Mm -hmm. I think for me, having grown up in that whole you know, fitness lifestyle, having been a national athlete where you have to, you know, plan for your events, how you're going to, you know, train for it, how you're going to achieve it, that sort of stuff. Learning that from a very early age has served me well in other aspects of my life. Um, And I now apply it to this whole business, you know, um, entrepreneurship life that I've entered. And I myself, I'm in the process of becoming because mm. I didn't come from a background, you know, of entrepreneurs. I'm one of the first ones to decide, you know what, I want to start my own business. So I really didn't have that support system. So I had to learn a lot of things on my own and yeah. become, you know, yeah, yeah. a businesswoman. And, yeah. and I'm still learning you know, how to be a, a successful businesswoman. And I can tell you 
and this is why I guess I can have these conversations with my clients. Mm. A lot of the things that I have to do to become successful, I don't want to do. Of course not. It's hard work. <laughs> because, because I'm comfortable right where I am. Why yeah. do I have to change and do all these things? I want the success, yes, mm. but I'm comfortable being me right now. Yeah. But every time you want to elevate a new level, you're going to have to change something. Absolutely. You're going to have to get used to that word change. And change is so hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, it's difficult. A lot, it's, it's very hard for people to change, especially as you get older and you start getting set in your, yes. in your ways. <laughs> and yeah. uh, if you don't have that person, you know, whether it's your spouse or your best friend or your mom or your dad to kind of kick you up the rear and say, hey, come on. You know, it's, it's really difficult to, to embrace yeah. change, I think. Yeah. And, and you just touched on something that was very important. Every time you're trying to elevate to a, a new level, you need to surround yourself with people that will push you oh, sure, to yeah. that new level. So of sometimes course. you have to break away from your old circle and, mm -hmm. you know, surround yourself with a new circle, people that are actually going in that direction, people that have done it and can show you the map mm -hmm. how to achieve, you know, what, what you're going to achieve, you know, mm -hmm. that support system is very important. You know? Yeah. And I don't think we can become or become ourselves if we are not surrounded by, with, with people that um, not only inspire and motivate us, but people that are sort of where we want to be. I think that's really important. Yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah. Men mentorship is very important. Oh yeah. And you know, I'll always, I will always tie it back to like our business. So people come to me, you know, they want to make these changes, et cetera, you know, and we have to, you know, because of how we're structured, we have to keep you accountable mm. and we become that support system for you in order to achieve that goal. People are like, you remember, you need to do this this week, you know, did you eat, you know, you'll get your little text messages, that sort of stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh, in the end, they'll say, you know, if you didn't send me that text message today, I would have strayed. Or, you know, if I didn't come here today and have this conversation about X, Y, Z, you know, I don't know if I would have stayed on track because it's so easy to fall in, fall back into your bad habits. Mm -hmm. You know, we've mm -hmm. learned those over the years. We've got comfortable with those. Um, that sometimes you really need that, that group around you to keep pushing you to, to do better and be better. Of course, you need those accountability partners. Yeah. And the people you can trust to say, the people that know you enough to, to sort of be able to say, okay, yeah. come on, you know, it's time, it's time to do this now. That's very, very important, I think, on becoming yourself. And for those um, of you listening that don't know, Chantal is a, you're a superstar in your country, you know. <laughs> you're a, Tell everyone about your, your sort of fitness journey. What have, I mean, you're, you are a national athlete. So can you just tell us a little bit about that very quickly before we jump back to becoming oneself? Because I just think well, it's for people to know your, your background. Okay, well, I started swimming at three years old. Um, and that kind of happened because I went on a trip to Miami with my family and I have an oldest sister she's about six years older than me mm -hmm. and she could swim and she jumped into a pool and I decided to follow her and I almost drowned oh good my parents were like nope 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 we're not having it so they 
<laughs> they started me in a swimming program when we got back from that trip. Wow. Um, so that was at three years old. At six, I started to swim competitively. One again, following my big sister. Oh, okay. We went to join her in a swim club. And I started swimming. And by seven, I broke my first national record, age group record. Wow. And ever since <laughs> seven until I would say 18, I swam competitively nationally. Fortunately, and to be able to over those years, I've broken several records. Um, I stopped officially, officially competing mm-hmm. at 24. Um, wow. But, you know, I've now flipped from being the athlete, going into administration, mm-hmm. and now, you know, starting my own fitness, you know, company. Yeah. So it's almost... It's almost like a natural progression for you. I mean, it's, it's like any, you started so young. No, because I think it's really important for people to understand that it's not just some kind of fad for you. You know, fitness is your life. Yeah. You just said you started when you were three years old. So this is a big yeah. part of, of who you are. And you've, you mentioned earlier that the discipline you gained from all, all of the, um, the athletics you've been involved in has really helped you to become, to become yourself as well. Yeah, it has, yeah. it has just transcended into other aspects of my life. Definitely. Yeah. And now you have this business and it's sort of, because you have all these skills in fitness. So I think the next step would have naturally been, okay, I need to start something now. I need to do something now. Because you, um, I think when you start so young in these things, whether it's modeling or entertainment or athletics, you know, you reach your prime at such a young age. So by the time you're 22, 23, you're, you're at the peak of your career it's, and then you, you have to retire, so to speak. And it's like, okay, so what do I do now? <laughs> you know, but right. you're still very young. So you've got this whole life ahead of you. And I think it's just natural to want to start a business because you've achieved so much already. Um, I guess, but yeah. like I told you in the beginning, for me, in terms of starting a business, I never wanted to do anything in fitness because I felt like that's all people knew me for. Mm. And I felt like there was so much more I wanted to showcase right. um, outside of the fitness realm. Right. Um, but God would have other plans for me. I feel like I always knew I wanted to do purposeful work. I yeah. think at the end of the day. Yeah. That was the main mantra for me. I wanted to do purposeful work and I wanted to be my own boss doing this purposeful work. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the experiences that I've had over my, my life, it, it just kept calling me back to sport and saying that you need to offer something to these people in your community. You need to do this. Your struggles and, you know, everything you've gone through, um, you know best how to serve these people. And mm-hmm. I feel that's why I ended up back, you know, in this fitness industry and now on the business side of things and offering services to the community, etc. Yeah, and like you said, something bigger than you obviously wanted you to do it. So perhaps this is, as they say, your calling and what you were meant to do. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's beginning to feel like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you something else about on, on becoming yourself. Okay, you know, there's this, these buzzwords now, like authenticity and, and you know, your self-esteem and, and all this other kind of stuff. How much of that plays into, into becoming your true self, this quest to become your true self? Well, well, definitely authenticity, um, for sure. Because like I said, you have to be, become self-aware. You have to know your strengths. You have to know your weaknesses. You have to know your triggers. We spoke about all of those things. You have to be comfortable with yourself. And yes, I guess you have to have a certain amount of self-esteem to begin things mm. because you're breaking away from your, from your old norm to become this new self right? So you have to have a certain level of confidence and, you know, courage to to do that. And that if you're lacking it, that's where the support system comes into it to help you build, um, so to speak. Um, Yeah, it's it's very important to to be, you're forced in in a sense to be authentic um, on on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned self-awareness twice, and I feel like it's, it's something that people don't discuss much when it comes to entrepreneurship, because um, I think you have to be so self-aware to become an entrepreneur, because you are not going to succeed at business on your own. So you need to know what you're not good at and what you're good at, and then find the people to kind of fill in the gaps. So I know I'm not good at this. I need to find people who are good at this, those things to help me out. Or just in life generally, I think self-awareness is hard too for a lot of people because it means looking at the ugly sides of yourself, the things you don't like about yourself. And um, there are a lot of adults out there that just aren't self-aware and aren't interested in becoming self-aware. And I wonder if if you experience a lot of that when you're training and helping these women go through their their fitness journey do you is there you ever find there's like denial when you're when you're dealing or training with women like they're just completely unaware of what they're doing and and how they're kind of there's a lot of self-destruction you know um yes as a trainer you have to point things out to people and yes people will deny people will lie Mm. in the beginning until they realize you're not buying it anymore um, the trick to making people become more self-aware, etc., um, is in the way that the feedback is delivered. Mm. You know, you want the you don't even want to call it criticism, so to speak, mm-hmm. but you want the feedback to be given in a positive way and an empowering way that they feel that they have control to change it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just coming in and you know but you're doing this wrong or you know you're not following what I said you're supposed to do that kind of way it's it's how you deliver that message to them and you know allowing them to have their say in it they'll be like you know I understand what you're saying and this is what I think I'm going to do to begin to change right Mm -hmm. that's how you want the conversation to go so I mean as a, you start as a trainer, but somewhere along the lines, you kind of become a therapist. Oh, absolutely. And a psychologist <laughs> and a sociologist. Yeah, absolutely. I think any, 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 yeah, in knowing how to deliver yeah. 
at people. Yeah. In any profession where you're dealing with people, you, you become a therapist at yeah. some stage because you, it's self-awareness also involves perception. So it's how that person perceives you. It's how you perceive them. You've got to build that trust with them because they're not going to really reach out to you if they don't feel like they can yeah. trust you, you know? Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of yeah. stuff, a lot of stuff you involved. You have to, I think in my job, um, one of the things, you know, and that's where the sharing stories come in, you know, as a trainer too, you have to be vulnerable and share some of your stories with them before they decide to open up them actually listening and responding to what you have to say takes place, you know? Absolutely. 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 Why do you think, do you, okay, well, let me ask this first. Do you think vulnerability is, um, is also important in the um, becoming oneself journey? Um, yes. Mm. Um, you need to share your stories with people um, so that people can identify with what you're going through. I think it wasn't until I decided to become vulnerable um, in certain aspects of my life. Um, it wasn't until I did that that my business began to take off because people now understood where I was coming from, what message I was trying to send, um, and if they wanted to join me on a journey of changing. Mm -hmm. I had to open up. Uh, oh, yeah. and become vulnerable and clients when they come to me to do assessments they have to open up and mm -hmm. become vulnerable mm -hmm. in order for me to help them change um yeah. so it is such an important yeah. aspect yeah. of if, changing if, if you want to make that connection and have that depth and really and not just have a customer but have a a committed fan and like a community you know people that are really going to yeah. stick with you through the long run i think vulnerability is so important but i think most people still see vulnerability as as weakness so i don't know i don't know it takes courage to be vulnerable it takes courage to share your weak moments to share your bad moments mm -hmm. um you know just put it out there for the world to see and you know more so now that i'm in business and you know we're in that age of social media mm -hmm. you know i have to put things on the internet no oh, yeah that, you know not just you know my community can see but the world can see and you know that was you know that was part of the process of becoming for me because i was very yeah. uncomfortable doing that um yeah. Yeah. It, it took courage to do that, you know, so I don't think being vulnerable is a weakness. Yeah. You know, I don't see it as that. And culturally, it's very difficult for a lot of people because I think outside of maybe the U.S. and a few other places, most cultures in the world, they don't really um, look highly upon sharing your quote unquote dirty laundry. You know, people just don't do that. Right. Like in the Caribbean, we say you don't right. do business in the streets, you know, or some variation of like that, you know. And, um, you know, in other cultures, it's about, you know, you, you have to keep face. You have to keep up appearances. So when you go out there telling the whole world, this is what you've been through, that's culturally, it's, mm, that's not acceptable. So I think it's also going through those barriers and realizing, well, maybe we have to challenge the culture. You know, maybe the culture of, of being secretive and hiding is not good for us because nothing's changing, you know? 
Yeah, and, and, and that's part of our culture here too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to share these stories because when we build up that facade, we're, we're saying to other people that, you know, our lives are perfect and, you know, you need to get it together. Mm -hmm. You know, we're saying that we don't have down moments and, and that sort of stuff. And I think we're sending the wrong message to people. I think mm -hmm. we need to show people, yes, we do have problems and this is how we overcome them. I think yeah. that's a, a mispart in the narrative, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, that needs to be shared because a lot of people have problems and they don't know how to move from the problem to mm -hmm. the solution. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think it's important to give that information. Yeah. And as entrepreneurs, we're leaders, you know, whether we like it yeah. or not, we, and we need to lead in our own lives before we start going out there and saying, you know, we're going to be leading this business and showing people how to do things. And if you, if you aren't in that position to, to put yourself out there, then perhaps being an entrepreneur is not, is not your, not your thing. You know, it's not what you're meant to do because like we said earlier, no one's really, really going to be committed to you if they don't feel like there's a connection. And, and ultimately, that connection comes through sharing something, letting people know, you know, I, I was once there too, so I know, I know what you're going through. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, she gets it or he gets it, you know? Yeah, because people change based on what they see and what they hear. People emulate what they can see. Mm -hmm. um, you have to put it out there for them to see it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order for them to want to emulate it mm -hmm. right? so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why it's so important to share definitely so now for the next generation of women entrepreneurs I mean I know you how long have you been running the firecracker company now um, in January it's going to be three years okay officially. Perfect. So three years. So all of our listeners are women like yourself. They're in pre-startup phase. They either have an idea that they're just kind of thinking about or they've just started business and they haven't been running business for longer than five years. So what words of snippets of inspiration or advice would you, would, do you have for, for, the, for the listeners, for our aspiring rare birds, for the women that want to, to be like you in the sense that they want to kick off something or they want to start something? What would you say to them? I think, I think the first thing for sure you need to have is a crystal clear vision of what it is you're trying to achieve or trying to do. Because a lot of people are going to come along and try to sway you in different ways as to how to run your business. Or, you know, you're not going to be clear on the strategy that you need to undertake if you're not clear about your vision. Mm -hmm. so, so you need to be crystal clear about that vision. Mm. Um, you start small a lot of times we feel that you know we need to have everything perfect right away in order to start and you know we can't achieve this and we can't make money until we have the perfect office or building etc etc mm -hmm. start where you are start small and build from there you know you will be happy to see the progress you'll be motivated to see you know where you started and how far you've come you know that's absolutely Absolutely. Um, along the way, you're going, you're going to realize that you can't do it alone. You need to have a team. Mm -hmm. And that's why, too, it's important to share these stories so the right people come along. People come yeah. along for the right reason. Right? Yeah. I think that's important to have happen. Um, I think, you know, just enjoy the process. 
Being an entrepreneur is a hard journey. It's a long journey. It's a marathon. Right. So let's put it that way. You know, yes, there are those people that hit success in their first year business and great for them. But for the majority of people, it takes a while. You have to understand that. So just enjoy the highs, enjoy the lows. I always say when I hit a, a low, I tell myself, boy, this is going to make a really good book someday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I tell myself to get through it. I like right? that. The, um, book of, the book of Chantal. The book of Chantal. You know, you know life, book life is a book. So life, you know? is a book. life is a book. And with, with filled with chapters. And every chapter yeah. is something new. And then you close a chapter and you start something else new. So it's a, I think it's a good way to, to view life. Instead of, you know, okay, well, why is this happening to me? Just see it as a series of, you've got this great book you know, your book that you're writing, it's your, yeah. it's your show. You control the narrative and yeah. what's going to be in this chapter, this your entrepreneurial chapter, you know, and when, yeah. when you're old and you're sitting in your rocking chair and you're reading through your book, what do you want it to read? And what, what do you want to remember the most? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say, it's important to know when to take rest breaks. Mm. Like, Yes, I know we want everything done right away, but it's also important to rest and pace yourself and rejuvenate yourself. Mm -hmm. um, that's so important mm -hmm. in order to, you know, finish the marathon, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so yes. those would be my little snippets. I think, I think that's great advice. Uh, advice that I often have to remind myself too, because I can get myself so involved in something that I... I, I forget, I mean, I love food, I love eating, but then you forget, oh, well, it's only six hours sleep. Tomorrow I'll have my full sleep. And it's like, no, you need to turn the laptop off and you need to go sleep. I need to get eight hours yeah. sleep and you need to rest well. It's very easy when you become passionate about something to just kind of think that you're invincible, you know, and you can yeah. and do everything and you can't. Sleep and rest is just as important because you need to step away and rejuvenate and think about things and reflect and then you come back even more powerful once you've you've had that time to step away exactly. i think exactly. it's so unhealthy to just work 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 all the time you need balance in your life you need your family you need your friends yeah. you need your me time you need all of that stuff to to you really to enjoy the fruits of your labor Absolutely. you know all work and no play is not is not good i mean yeah. i'm not saying that Obviously, people have their obligations. You've got bills to pay. Everyone's financial yeah. situation yeah. is different. But your, your body will tell you it's time to, to slow down. And that can manifest itself in, in different ways. Disease, sickness, you know, whatever. It, it, your body will tell you, hello, I want some rest now. And you should definitely listen yeah. to it. You should definitely listen to it. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Chantal. Is there any, anything else you would like to share with our audience? Any closing words? Maybe you want to tell people how they can reach you, how they can get in contact with you if you're looking for collaborators or maybe what the next step is in business for you. Any, anything that you'd like to share with us? Um, well, if you're interested in getting onto uh, my business, you can look for us on our website, www.firecrackerlife.com. Com. Mm. You can email us at info at firecrackerlife.com um, and you'll see all our information there. Um, plans for the future for me. Um, my biggest thing right now is dealing with the youth. And yes. yes, I saw that. Them up and, running and, you know, hope 
thing that some scholarships come through for you know the majority of them yeah, um, yeah. that's going to be the because you know we're still building the women's studio and like i said we're probably going to have to move into a bigger space at some point yeah um, you know our road running group they're still up and running we're just going to now expand from doing 5k's and enter our first 10k next year so that's wow that's a big one for them yeah um, so we have a lot of exciting things going on mm. you know yeah that, you know i'm gonna keep the audience and yourself abreast of as we progress yes. Yes, we want to interview you more. So keep us abreast. You know, it's what's very exciting about um, doing these interviews and profiling all these women is I actually get to see sort of where you started and where you where you end up. Because there are women I've spoken to like two, three years ago who they literally just had ideas and now they're running these almost empires and it's just so exciting to see that you know that and, it, and it's very motivational because you realize you can actually build something from scratch if you're very passionate and if you're very focused so it we definitely want to do more stories and features on you so keep us up to date with how everything is going i will sure, for sure and that is it so you lovely birds i'm certain that you learned lots of great things from Chantal in this interview and she shared how you can connect with her and how you can reach out with her and do check out her website. I love the name Firecracker, by the way. That's, that's a very, I like that name a lot. That's a pretty catchy name. <laughs> thank you. So um, thank you again for joining us, Chantal, and for sharing with us. And we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Bye for now. Bye.